the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. One, two. Let me tell you how it will be. There's one for you, 19 for me. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. Got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. And so, Carrie, we're officially in March. So, yeah. March Madness has officially begun. All right. And so, if you're new listeners, you, uh, the estate planning team has sponsored this program. In March, we focus a lot on the dreaded income tax planning season, right? And and actually, I started a little bit earlier this right. year because there's been so much chatter and there's a lot of things going on. We still have right. the Secure Act 2 with a lot right. of changes going on. We got a presidential election year or a major election mm-hmm. year, so there's going to be a lot of tax talk, right. right? And let's start there, Carrie. Let me start with the head man. Okay. Because we've got, you know, all, I'm sure Thursday we'll all be glued to our television sets watching President Biden's State of the Union address. Right? Not me. I was going to say, well, we talked about it, I think, a couple weeks ago, and that it, it's a little late. March? I don't know. I think it's the latest ever. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's after Super Tuesday. Busy week next week. But uh, so I, he's got some Biden's planning to do. He's got he's got to explain what's going on with his Bidenomics. Right. Um, I think that's going to be a tough thing. But I'm going to go back. So I'm going to start. This is Vice President Biden. Oh, okay. Um, this was when he was a little maybe clearer headed. 2016. <laughs> see if you can see a difference. Trump says he's smart for finding ways to use the tax law as is provided. He's being interviewed by. Um, that's Chris Como. You know the old guy. CNN yeah. got rid of him because he was, you know, nepotism with his. Brain. Bothers you? Well, I thought it was about making You're, sure you did your part for your country. I so you might have missed the. My father used you might have missed that. Cuomo was asking him about Trump's bragging that right. he doesn't pay income. You know, he, he he's got good tax planning. Or whatever, right. Whatnot. So he asked Biden that, and and someone talked, and he and it never made any real money. And they'd say, uh, you know, I'm paying this or that in tax. My dad would say, it's a small price to pay. Since when does somebody who lives at the top of the world in the penthouse overlooking the world be in a position where he doesn't feel any obligation at all to pay any federal income tax, to support the military, to support education, to support our foreign policy? Since when is that a patriotic thing to do? Can you imagine any other president... He's Any not, other president, he's now got the Peter point. Ever say that and be proud of that? 
I can't fathom it. It's just, it's just offensive. And what does it say about all the people here? Are they all suckers for planning their taxes? Because they can't hire a tax lawyer? Because they couldn't make significant contributions to try to change the law to benefit themselves? Come on, man. That's just not right. Well, the come on, man is familiar. <laughs> we've, we've heard that before, right? You no, know, Bart Simpson uses come on, man. <laughs> so, so did he, he sounded a little bit more coherent back then, right? 2016. Yeah. Oh, um, and he was talking about supporting military, which he really has done, not done a great job with that. But. So, so there you go. So you're going to hear a lot of what I was trying to say, you know, candidates talking about how they're going to you know what they're going to do for the Americans middle class and how they're going to soar up social security and, and you're going to hear President, ex-President Trump rerunning he's going to be talking about how he wants to make his tax cuts permanent or right. extended and of course Biden may be going back and talking about how he wants to forgive student loan debt and he wants to come up with another way of doing that that worked for him last time right? right? And or the idea that you got to you know tax the rich to help the poor, right? right? And and the, his billionaire tax, you know, the right. millionaire tax, right? And bringing back that, and that's a constitutional argument, right? We, and and again, we're waiting for the Supreme Court, who is voting on a case right now, that will be a, a good test to see if, because of this case, if, whether they're going to rule out that the government does have, you know, the, the, the 16th Amendment doesn't allow them to tax net worth as right. opposed to just income, right? So that should be done before the election, um, and, and we'll see. My point is th- this: don't listen too much to presidential campaign promises. Well, presidents cannot change tax law. That's the bottom line. They, can, they, have, they have the veto pen, which is but very strong. Can't. Right, but they can't. So, so again, um, and what you really need to pass permanent tax law in this country is the majority of the House or fifty votes, um, the White House, and the supermajority in the Senate, the sixty votes, right, to really get a permanent tax law. You can do a ten-year tax law with just fifty votes, but to get permanent, you need the sixty, and that's what I don't think either political party is going to have that much power after the November election. Right. So, and and whether or not that, um, so we we've got you know the lower. That's the other thing we're talking a lot about is the sunset of the of President Trump's tax cuts and jobs act of 2017. Remember in that act, Carrie, the end of individual tax cuts were not permanent that he made the corporate tax cuts permanent but mm-hmm. the indivi- but the individual sunset at the end of 2025 so there's going to be this now it's not as dramatic as remember in 2010 with that remember the fisc going off the fiscal cliff right and, you know remember throw grandma from the train act right, right. 2010 now remember back then what happened was when we got to the end of 2010 they the congress and the president uh, kicked the can down the road and they just kind of extended everything for two years. It mm-hmm. just set the cliff off for another two years. Right. So then when we got to the end of 2012, at the time, President Obama, then he cut a deal. He crossed, he, he went across the, the aisle. He cut a deal with, got enough Republicans and Democrats together to come up with a permanent solution. So I, I don't know if, 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 if uh, whoever is in the White House, you know, and again, if the Democrats get the power, I don't think they have any interest right. in extending or making the, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 permanent, right? So, so we'll see. So what other, we, you know, we also got, um, economic data this week. So we, we've got the, 
uh, you know, the, the PCE, you know, that's the personal consumption's expenditures. That's the, what the Federal Reserve likes to look at more than even CPI. Right. So obviously it's inflation nation and that's a big issue of whether, uh, you know, when is the Federal Reserve going to cut tax, you know, cut, uh, cut interest rates, right? I was going to say when the Federal Reserve can cut tax rates. No, that's not their job, but they can cut interest rates, right? When are they going to do that? Some people think because the, the, the CPI data more recent and is so was higher peaked back up a little that are they maybe not even be done, uh, raising. You know, mm-hmm. interest rates. That would be a complete Wall Street reversal, right? right? Um, so, so we'll see. And, and of course, a lot of people are saying the Federal Reserve won't do anything as you get closer to this election, right? For fear of being. Uh, well, they're not supposed to be, though. They're supposed to be unbiased. I think they are. And now I'm in right. the minority. Most people think. And again, I think they they talk to the Treasury, right? And I work closely, but no, I I'm one of the few maybe that think that they are independent and they don't make decisions just because the president wants them to make. A, do, I, do a well, I thing. just think people don't trust the government anymore. Right, and I think the people who run the Federal Reserve, uh, including Laura Mester, who runs the Cleveland Federal Reserve, I think they're the smartest people working. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, I, it, a lot smarter than our politicians, let me say that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so how did, so how did, you know, those numbers come in? Um, so PCE, if you want to look at headline, year over year came in at 2.4%. That was a little bit lower than the previous December year end year over year, which is 2.6%. Okay. So that was a trend going down. All right, this is headline. Um, if you look at the monthly, though, this is where you saw it peak up a little because uh, the latest month came in at an increase of 0.3%, okay. where the previous 30-day increase was only 0.2%. And actually, I think that was revised down to 0.1%. I think the original okay. point, so, so it went from 0.1% over the, la- the previous 30 days to 0.3% over the latest 30 days. So okay. that's going back up. So that... And we saw that same um, that that same discrepancy in the uh, core. If you right. take out food and energy, now this is where it surprises a lot of people too. A lot of people say, "Well, Mark, why do you why would you look at core? Because why would you exclude food and energy?" And and I keep scratching my head. So, well, does everybody now know that that core inflation has been running hotter than headline inflation for over a year now? I don't hear too many people talking about right. that. So, so I just, you know, I just gave you what PCE annual year over year was 2.4 for headline core. It's 2.8. Okay. Um, and, but 2.8 core third core 12 months did come in lower than the previous December 12 months, which is 2.9, but on the same token. Whereas the 30 day, the previous 30 day was up 0.1. This latest 30 day is up 0.4 on core. Mm. So this is where, I mean, so, but again, that's pretty much what the consensus was. The street was looking for the, the economists in their ivory towers were looking for. So it really didn't make, you know, too much noise because it came in with what they were thinking. Just some other things that two that come out with that same time frame, the PCE, personal income. A lot of people are saying that, you know, is my, is my income staying ahead with inflation? Well, it, personal income, um, came in, uh, up 1%. 
Okay. Okay. Where the the forecast was only 0.3%. Big uptick, right? So personal income, and, and this is this is labor situation we have in this country, right? And then how about consumer spending? Okay. Um, well, that did cool off a little. We saw, you know, everyone was saying, you know, this economy is only lasting as long as the consumers are confident to spend, right? Right. So, so we got these now. We've got these mixed signals, right? Um, we've got mixed signals where some of the the twelve month inflation is ticking down, but the thirty latest thirty inflation is ticking back up. We've got um, personal income is up, but consumer spending dropped off a little. It was down. 0.1%, where the street was looking for an increase of 0.2%. So that came in. So, uh, you know, a lot going on. So, and then you have some experts, or Cassandra, so I can call them, but let's see, you know, so here's here's J.P. Morgan. Okay, so J.P. Morgan is warning us about stagflation. So remember, Carrie, that was the bad thing that happened in the 70s. Stagflation is not good for anyone. No. Okay. Um, and we talked a lot of, you know, I've talked a lot about stagflation. And, you know, what is stagflation? Well, it's a three legged stool, Carrie, right? Um, and it's, it's, it's when you have, it's when inflation is high. Mm-hmm. So you can make an argument we're there. Okay. We're not anywhere near Fed's target 2%. Right. Okay. Um, even, you know, especially if you look at, uh, you know, CPI versus PCE, right? CPI was what? Four, core CPI was 4%, right? Uh, annualized right now. Um, so it, it's when, so stagflation, three-legged stool. You have inflation is high. The growth rate is slowing. GDP is right. slowing. And the third leg is unemployment remains steadily high. Right. Okay. So- I don't think we're in stagflation, though. No. Because we also got, you know, yes, I agree, inflation is high. Right. And it's higher it's for longer. It's ticking back up, so. Okay. Um, and I don't think, you know, I don't think you're going to see, you know, some people are now saying the Fed might not cut interest rates at all this year. Um, because they know everyone knows they're not going to do it after the second half of the year because of the fear of the election, right? Which is, if they're impartial, shouldn't that be irrelevant? So they and they're not going to do it in March. We know that May, June, we'll see. Um, all right, now, but okay, what about the second leg, GDP? Well, we got the second read on fourth quarter GDP. This okay, week, right. Uh, so remember, you get three reads on GDP before and now. So. The, the second one came out, and we're talking about the fourth quarter. It came in at 3.2%. Okay. That's a long way from a negative GDP, right. which is two consecutive negative GDPs is, is a, a, a common definition of, of recession. Um, but is it slowing? So the first read, though, was 3.3%. Mm-hmm. So we could say, okay, it's slowing because it's coming in. The second read's coming in a tad lower than the first read. And of course, if you go back to the third quarter of last year, GDP ended at four point nine. So you certainly the from the four point nine to the three point two, you could say it's slowing. But all right, so so that's it. That's why the consumer is so important to that GDP number, right? Um, all right. Well, how about the though the third leg? Because remember, you got to meet all three, right? Is the, unemployment unemployment. We don't have high unemployment right, right. now. Uh, the latest, you know, we'll get jobs data. The triple uh, play payroll will be next week. We'll right. get updated unemployment. The last month's 
unemployment was at 3.7%. Not very low, not exactly high unemployment. So I don't think that, so I just don't think think we can, we need to be screaming stagflation yet. Um, I I do think though, there's a, there's a possibility we could have a recession in the next 18 months. Right. Um, there's, you know, hot wars going on. There's uh, got a lot know, of global issues going yeah, on. Yeah, the, there and and the, and and yeah, we can talk all day about those. So the point is, what we'll talk about today is how do you protect your family if, if from the next economic downturn, mm-hmm. right? And we we can talk about that also again because it is March Madness. Um, we'll be talking about some tax things that are going on. It's um, And I, I started last week, I, t- I started giving our Q-tips, right? Our, mm-hmm. our our tips for people who are interested in doing qualified charitable um, distributions, right? right? QCDs, we call them. Qualified charitable distributions. So I want to talk a little bit more about that because there's a lot of misconceptions right. a lot about that. And there's a new Secure Act rule about that, mm-hmm. So I, I, which I didn't get to last right. week. So I want to get to that. Um, and and let's see if I got anything else before. And just, you know, just the, you know, we just got through the leap year, right? The, mm-hmm. the well, I tell you, you know, we'll maybe look at how did the market do in the February leap month. So we'll okay. talk a little bit about that as well. Carrie, get us started. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We are a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information and financial news that may be relevant to your financial life and hopefully make you aware of choices, opportunities, potential problems, and helping people know that you can take control of your financial life. And certainly there are a lot of headlines, but what it comes down to uh, comes down to is how does it impact you? How does it impact the choices that you're making? Um, and that's what we hope to make people aware. We are sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team has been helping people for more than 37 years now in the greater Cleveland area through unbiased objective advice and analysis. We are an affordable fee-based fiduciary planning firm And what we do is financial modeling, number crunching, and help people give clarity about their spending and when they can afford to retire. And when wages end, how do you create the income tax efficiently and make you aware of the minimum required distribution tax trap? And many people do have opportunities. And if you are in the camp that tax rates are going up in the future, you know, you want to look at each year alone and don't miss an opportunity. Um, We also help people with pension elections, timing of Social Security. If you are worried, which a lot of people are of, whether it's inflation staying here longer, um, spending, or a possible recession and market uh, downturn, we can do a financial model and give you show you if a worst case scenario happens, how does that impact you? I mean, that's the thing. Everybody can keep track of their assets usually in a couple of years, but What's the long-term effect down the road? Am I working longer because I'm worried about these things and I really don't want to work anymore? Or am I not spending because I don't know what's the long-term effect of me spending money now? And we can show you some people may be affected and need to adjust. Other people won't be material affected. So they're 
worried about all these things that they don't need to be worried about. And even though we are a fiduciary planner and we do the modeling and number crunching, um, we don't do investments, but we do look at our client assets in terms of risk. Do they know or do you know as a listener how much risk you really need to take on to be okay? Um, are you taking on more risk than necessary? And then coordinating with your investment advisors or if you're the person doing the investments yourself, you know, we talk to you, we look at your statements. Do you have a company plan and you're happy with the choices that you have and talking about the positives and negatives of all the things in your financial life. And we look at every piece and part, you know, is it okay? Is it, it, what's the purpose? What's your exit strategy to access those funds? And when is the best timing for tax, you know, looking at to get the most cumulative tax savings. We always want to put the most net benefit in our client's pocket. So if you, we do offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation. We offer that by phone or in person. If you want to take advantage of that and get on the schedule, even if you can't schedule till later, we're scheduling uh, mid-March through um, the end of June right now. If you want to go ahead and get on the calendar, because we all tend to procrastinate about different things, um, you can call the office, leave a message, or we'll get back to you on Monday, or you can send an email through the website. Our number is 440 440- Two three nine twenty ninety. That's four four zero two three nine twenty ninety. Every email comes directly to me. I will respond to emails. If you don't get an email, I didn't get it once. Once in a while, we an email doesn't come through. Um, so you will get a response from an email, and you can sign up for our weekly newsletter that comes out um, every week. And we have articles from different accesses that have some good information. Um, or if there's a topic you want to hear about, send an email. You know, I can include it on newsletter. Or we can talk about it on the show. Um, take advantage of a free consultation or visit our website. Again, that's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and Mark Donnelly here this morning. All right. So we'll see what President Biden has to say as State of the Union this upcoming week on Thursday night. Um, We'll see if he's talking about taxes as he was in that i played that clip from 2016 and how you know that he's got a tax to rich to help the poor um we'll see if he talks about his bidenomics is working and he's certainly gonna maybe he'll talk about the raging stock market because right. it took a leap and leap year february gary mm-hmm. so the dow for february the okay. month of february now that extra day helps right but um the 29th day but okay so the dow was up 3.47 percent for february Wow. The S&P 500 was up 6.84%. Wow. The NASDAQ was up 7.2% for February. Both the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 reached all-time new highs on the 29th. Okay, with the NASDAQ closing at 16,091.92 and the S&P closing at 5096.27. So, new highs in the stock market. Do you think President Biden may be talking about that on Thursday? But, um, but it's also not unusual where you, you could have, uh, you know, that's what, that's a lot of times the, the, the common is 
nobody sees the recession until it's already happened, right? Right. And it's not uncommon that you have a good stock market before the crash. Mm -hmm. um, it's just back to all those Cassandras who are saying they're just not going to ignore all the signs, the inverted yield curve and all these other traditional right. ways that lead that, that laid up to it. You know, the idea that the Federal Reserve has not doesn't have a very successful history of cutting interest rates without causing a recession, the pain, right? Mm -hmm. um, and do they know enough? Are they smart enough to do that now? We'll see. Um, it's different this time. Isn't they, that what we always well, hear? Yeah. I mean, David Solomon, you know, the CEO of Golden Smash, Goldman Sachs, pretty smart guy, Carrie, right? Okay. Yeah, um, I would hope so. Yeah. the uh, He doesn't think it's gonna. they're going to be able to do it. Um, Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon throws cold water on Federal Reserve's soft landing inflation expectations. Um, so he was at a meeting, a banker's meeting, and, you know, he's the same thing. The world is set up, um, you know, where, where a lot, he, he's saying a lot of Wall Streeters think the world is all set up for a soft landing. Um, but he's saying, no, nah, he thinks it's much more uncertain than that. Um, and again, that's bringing in the global aspects like we're talking about, Gary, right? It's just, it's just not the U.S. A lot of U.S. companies rely on good economic overseas conditions, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, he, you know, his comment was the market is way weighted to a very soft landing. And when you look at the pattern of facts, the last three years or four years, it's hard for me to see that it's going to be that simple, Solomon said. Um, now, he, he, Solomon also said, you know, the upper half of the economy in the United States has been very strong. But he also noted that consumer spending is lower tier of the economy has slowed down. See, this is, there's a big wealth gap in this country, Gary, right? And, and th that's the point. Um, and we could also look at, you know, we, we said one of the, the legs of the uh, stagflation indicator is uh, higher unemployment, right? So we've had, I think, I, you know, we, we've seen more and more stories of companies laying, laying off, off right, right now. Yeah. So I, I, you know, what? So who? I care. I have a short list for last week, right? Um, Expedia, okay, they're laying off fifteen hundred, about nine percent of the workforce. Uh, Macy's, you heard that they're going to close one hundred and fifty stores. Now they may be opening some other their boutique stores, right? Bloomingdale's, but closing 150 stores. How many employees does that affect? Yeah, quite a bit. Um, Bumble. I don't. I don't know what's Bumble. Uh, isn't that one of? The, is that a dating service? I have no idea, Mark. Talking <laughs> <laughs> the wrong person. <laughs> but um, I thought you were talking about retail stores. I'm like, sounds like a little kid's clothing shop. But. Well, look that up on your internet. Okay. okay, because they're they're laying off about one third of their workforce, about 350. Um, Sony. Well, actually, their their gaming end of Sony. I think they call it interactive entertainment. They make the games, you know, for the the, the playstations and stuff like that. They're laying off. 900 again about eight percent of their workforce so and that list is just growing and growing and growing and that's the slow burn that you know a lot of the cassandras are worried about that you know can the federal reserve um navigate this soft landing uh, without causing a recession you know can they can they keep you know their their dual mandate is price stability meaning a two percent target for inflation and um low unemployment and and it's hard to 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 get it back on track
Bumble is a dating app. I didn't know that. But there is Bumblebee clothing store, so for kids. That's okay. what I was thinking in my head. All right. So so we're so let's talk about if you believe that an economic downturn. Now I'm just using that terminology. Whether you think it's a, a recession, stagflation, um, a world war, um, uh, 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 you know, a stock market crash, right? You know, right. whatever you, you, you know. So, what can you do to protect your family from if you think it that situation could be happening in the next few years? Especially if you were in, the, you had a major financial happening plan for the next you mean three. like retirement retirement big spending maybe you were thinking about a new home new moving home. um maybe a, a big trip of maybe a discretionary spending maybe maybe you've got a wedding you got to pay for mm-hmm. um you and i got yeah. you and i both have one this year <laughs> yeah. don't remind me yeah. um but uh so you know it, it's it, it it's funny because we're, they're going to be married on the same day yeah isn't that yeah isn't that crazy karen i realize that isn't that yeah that's a but, um, I had no say, so. Nor did I. <laughs> um, all right. So, okay. So, three simple things you can do. Well, I should say simple to remember. Right. Not always simple Maybe to execute. Maybe not so simple to implement. Well, I think a lot, yeah. Execution is always the trick. Um, but, um, okay. So, the one, if it was simple to implement, everybody would be doing it, and no one would be right. having sleepless nights worrying about the next economic downturn. Right. You know, basically. Um, so that's why, you know, so the first one is maintain an adequate cash reserve. Right. You know, can't stress that one enough. And, you know, and that's, you can look at that different ways. At the estate planning team, we certainly go, you know, because the next question on people's minds is, well, what is an adequate cash reserve? Right. Well, maybe you don't ask your neighbor, you know, what, what's right. an adequate cash reserve for them. Um, maybe you have to kind of figure this out yourself, right? And and certainly when we're consulting with clients, we say, well, one is it's a different calculation or budgeting if you're still working because one of the things that we're worried about in a major recession is people get laid off. Right. Um, and so if you are in a position where that's possible, you got to worry about that end of it. Mm-hmm. So that's where you hear a lot of the, the old, uh, you know, rule of thumb is six months salary or, or six months take home pay, you know, right. something along those lines. But if you're retired, you don't need to be worried about being laid off in the next recession. Correct. Okay. Or we certainly have had a lot of clients over the decades, Carrie, who said, Mark, I ain't going to be, I ain't going to be fired. They're, in other words, they know that they have a very secure right. position, and you know. But can anybody be absolutely sure no. of that happening? We've had clients call and well, out of the blue, never expected that, saw that coming. Well, Somebody was bought and downsized, right. or or maybe if you're self-employed, um, you're you're not going to lay yourself off. But it, it, self-employment has other risks too in recessions. But um, anyway, so. So if you're so if you're not concerned about losing a job in the next economic downturn because let's say you're retired I'll use that as an example well then what is, now what is an adequate cash reserve well I like to use the the kind of the the rule of thumb is maybe you want twelve to eighteen months of your spending gap per okay. Year. Okay, so what is your spending gap? Your spending gap would be the difference between what your what you actually think your expenses are going to be in any one year, right? Less what your fixed retirement income is, mm-hmm. whether that be pensions, 
Social Security income, annuitized income, you know, where you got a, you did your self-pension with an annuity and you turned on the, a lifetime income stream. Those we don't have to worry about about going down a recession, right? right? Um, so, okay, so you take your total planned expenses less your fixed retirement income. That gap, that's the spending gap. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, okay, maybe I want that amount, whatever that amount is for – 12 months or 18 months, we have clients that go longer. Right. We have clients that go shorter, six months, but whatever. So it's something you have to come with peace of mind with. But you want that in your cash reserve. And now, but you also might want to add in to that, because that may be your normal spending gap, you know, your, right. your, your normal expenses. But if you also had one of these big purchases planned, like a new automobile, let's say, right. you might want to throw that in there too if that's happening. Mm-hmm. So it's not only the the normal spending annual gap, so to speak, but it's also that you know new kitchen that I was planning. Right. Okay. Um. So so that would all go in, and maybe that becomes your adequate cash reserve, right? right. And 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 when I mean cash reserve, I mean cash. <laughs> okay. Liquid. Liquid. Checking. Savings. I, right. And, and here's where I have a problem. Money market. Yeah. Here's where I have a problem with a lot of the investment advisors. Because the, the investment advisors, they always want to tell their clients, oh, don't worry, Mr. and Smith, your, your account's totally liquid. They'll say that if it's an IRA or if it's a, a non-qualified. Right. They'll always say, oh, don't worry, it's totally liquid. Meaning that, yeah, if, if, you know, if you call me up because you need some money, I'll have a check to you in a matter of days. But that, but you have to sell it. We're talking about without maneuvers. Well, number you one, get, meaning without tax implications, right? And two, without having to sell low in the of the market if you didn't want to, right? So that's what I'm thinking: checking, savings, right. money markets. Yeah, so we're talking liquid, non qualified cash, right? right? Um, all right. Now, um, some people call it emergency fund. I, I don't. know. Some people call it a rainy day fund. Whatever. Uh, now, some people, it, it, a lot of people, got out of the practice. When we were in those low interest rates for so long, right. that you know, because they didn't, they weren't comfortable leaving a, a large sum of money sitting around in a money market account because it wasn't not earning, earning anything. anything, right? And so their solution to that was, hey, I'll just take a home equity line of credit out on my house, especially when rates were low. Yeah, and, why and, not? And and if I need, I can just borrow on that at you know two percent annualized, right? And, and, and my and, money in the market's making better and, and than I, that. Yeah, and, I, and I'll figure out a way how to pay that up but we're in a different situation now right because helocs are no longer at two percent they're much higher and the money sitting in the bank and now could be earning four or five percent instead of 0.1 percent right now when the federal reserve does start cutting rates those rates will come down but at least you, you have that opportunity right now all right the second thing you could do you know don't take on more risk than what you need to be okay and that's true in any time, I, I believe. I mean, if you can do all the spending you want to do and we're using a conservative growth rate and your assets match that conservative grow, growth rate to make sure there's not a disconnect and I can do all the spending I could dreamed of, then why take on the potential loss? Yeah. Are you still stuck in the accumulation phase? Is, is your retirement goal to see your pot grow bigger? Some people. Some people it is. But other people, if they're saying, I can do spending more, maybe your pot's not going to grow as big. But if I can do the things that I want to do and I can sleep at night, some people say slow growth is better than potential loss. Yeah. Um, but also, it, this brings in the idea of rebalancing. I mean, you know, right. So, so let's say your 
you've decided that a 60-40, you know, portfolio is what you're targeting. Well, I just told you, you know, we, we, we're coming off a pretty darn good year in the market in 2023. And, and so far year to date ain't, ain't bad either. You may be out of whack. You're where you are targeting to be 60% of your nest egg in equity may be a lot higher right now. Right. Okay. So now if you're using a professional investment advisor, chances are they are rebalancing. Okay. But if you're doing it yourself at home, you may not be. Now, if you're, if you're, if you're putting your money into a balanced mutual fund or a balanced, you know, uh, exchange traded ETF, yeah, they're probably, they're rebalancing. But right. if, you, if, you, if you're doing this all on your own and just picking stocks and bonds or, or, right. uh, you know, you may not be rebalancing, right? And so you want to rebalance. You want to get back to that. Hey, you know, and that's the idea of your lot. If your, if your equity has gone higher, you lock in those gains and bring it back to your balance. If, um, and, and so forth. And also, we're a lot more, you know, that, that those fixed side now should be doing a lot better than they were, you know, uh, in, in that low interest rate world. All right. Um, so, the, so the first thing, maintain an adequate cash reserve. Second thing is don't take on more risk or rebalance mm-hmm. to keep your risk intact. So you're not blindsided if the economic downturn comes. The third one is build your plan R. And this is kind of what you were just right. alluding to a little bit, Carrie. You know, the idea is that, so plan R for us, plan R just meaning recession or recovery plan. You know, the, the idea that you have your plan A, let's say, that's working. You know, you, and that's what your current thinking is. Yeah. I'm going to retire at this day. This is when I'm going to take Social Security. This is my spending. Right. When all things are going well. Even if you make that conservative, that's that doesn't assume a recession, a premature death of a spouse, you know, higher inflation yeah. for longer. It, it's Yeah, I don't see too many Monte Carlo analysis that model in a recession in the next few right. years. They just tell you in a weird way, oh, well, you have a 98% chance of being okay. Well, what happens if there's a recession in the year you retire and you have a loss? Right. So, so building a plan R, we say, yeah, let's, we take off the rose colored glasses and we say, let's model in an economic downturn, especially if you're retiring. Mm-hmm. And because that's everybody's worry. That's what we learned sequence of returns in the lost decade. Right. You know, the people that retired in, in, in 1999 and, 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 or in 2007, you know, right. the next year, their first year in retirement, the first year they're pulling money out of their nest egg because they yeah. didn't have a pension. And wham, you had, you know, 50% drops in, in the markets. That hurt. Okay. So yeah, a, a, a big drop in the stock market doesn't. If you if you say your retirement's going to be thirty years, and you get your five percent growth for the first twenty nine years, the recession in the thirtieth year is not going to hurt you a whole lot. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the, the that recession happens in the first year of the thirty years. Okay, that's when it hurts. That's when it derails your retirement plan. So that and that's when a lot of people in the lost decade they had to go back to work. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now, so we have a, a little, uh, you know, uh, statement at the say, but we only want our clients retiring once in their lifetime. Right. Now, if they're bored and they want to go back to work, that's fine. Right. But we don't want them ret- encore career, yeah. whatever. Yeah, but if they, you don't want to have to yeah, because don't you're going to run out of money and then, before yeah. life expectancy. Um, and so, and so, the idea of the plan R is you're saying, okay, so you want to model in this next economic downturn. Okay, and that may be saying, hey, if you were normally assuming a 5% rate of growth every year ongoing, all right, um, you don't assume that in plan R. 
Right. You may say, hey, in the first year, there's going to be a 10% loss or a 15% loss. And then the second year, there's going to maybe zero gain. And then maybe the third year, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe there's going to be 2 or 3% gain. And then maybe by the fourth year, we're back to the 4%, you know, something along those lines. Now, here's the, the point about that. Um, it may not happen. But at least you know if it does. Well, here's, yeah. But, I, I have a model to say, okay, this is what would happen. And then, then I can say this is how yeah. I would adjust. Yeah, would I have to adjust? Because, again, we always say if the economic downturn happens this year or next year, it doesn't mean you run out of money this year or next year. Right. It just means it affects the longevity of your plan. Right. But how much cushion did you have in your plan A? Were you were you cutting it that close? Right. Where that you were you were spending the last dollar in the last day? Right. Or do, was you still okay? Because if if you model this in, you may say, okay, I'm still okay. Instead of my plan lasting to ninety five, okay, market's only lasting to ninety three. I think I'm still okay. Well, I think it's just being prepared, and if you're worried, it gives you peace of mind. And I mean, right. it's it's you think about how many things in life we do for what if that bad thing happens. Right. A lot of us have those contingencies. So that's the idea of saying, okay, I am going to model that in just to see what it would look like. To see, am I still okay to retire? Am I still okay to do the riverboat cruises? Mm-hmm. Can I still help all my grandchildren's college education? I could go on and on and on, right, Carrie? Um, but But the idea is... All right. Or can I still retire next year? You know, or do I have to? And if I, and if I can't, that's the beauty of our planning process. Again, this is where I don't see happening in the Monte Carlo analysis that my new clients bring into me. Right. It doesn't really break out like discretionary spending. See, the idea is if your plan is no longer going to last to 95. What do you do? Right. Because, well, well, if, if you buried all your expenses just in one number, it's hard to kind of make adjustments. But if you said, okay, you can't really cut, I mean, you can't really just say I'm going to cut my real estate taxes by 10% if we have a recession, right? But you could cut Um, your vacations. Okay, so let's say in our planning, we built, we separate discrete, like travel. We say, okay, how much travel for how long? Because most of our clients say, Mark, I'm not going to travel when I'm 90. I want to do the travel in the first 10 years of retirement. So build in the travel then, build in, you know, 10,000 a year for the first 10 years. Um, okay, well now you can't do 10,000 a year for this first 10 years. You could do eight or you could do 10,000 for the first seven years and then cut it to five. See, that's what we want to position in. We, you know, and say, yeah, you know, and, and that's the idea of you break out your expenses. You get more real. You say, okay, what expenses are mandatory living expenses that are going on forever? Versus what expenses are discretionary that I want in my retirement plan, the golden years. Right. But I know that if things get tough, can I still do all that or do I have to cut back a little? Or for some people, they'll say, you know what? Those those discretionary are really important to me. I'm okay with working a year or two longer. Right. Tell me how long. Or even we get into detail saying where clients are done with work and they're saying, hey, I don't mind working. I just can't do what I'm doing. Tell me what, how much would I have to earn for how many years to still do all these fun things, my discretionary spending? And we can do that. Okay, well, you'd have to earn this amount of dollars over 
this time frame to still make that happen. Right. So that, it's a lot yeah. of what if scenarios and, and the what if depends on what's important to you. Um, and you know, that's the type of financial modeling. And I mean, as much as it's about saving money and cumulative savings and doing st- taking steps and strategies while you're working and then in retirement to save cumulative taxes and create the income you need tax efficiently and using opportunities in the complicated tax code. It's about peace of mind and addressing the things that you're worried about and also about possibilities, addressing problems. And that's what we do for our clients. And we've been doing that for more than 37 years, helping people in the greater Cleveland area. And if you want to see if we can help you and what we can do, we have affordable fee options. You can um, call for a free consultation. We offer that by phone or in person. Our number is 440 439-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit us at financialfoodforthought.com. All right, this is the Mark Dalian, Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build these custom plan R's for going now into our 37th year. And over that time period, Carrie, we certainly have successfully navigated a lot of our New client or pre-retirement clients going from that accumulation phase, working phase into the retirement or the spending phase, right? And mm-hmm. everybody has to go through that process. Um, you know, it's that that old idea of saying, "Mark, I, I see, I'm it looks like I'm wealthy on paper, but I don't feel wealthy." Right. You know, um, or I, I, you keep telling me I could take that, you know, Alaska cruise, but I don't feel like I really can. Um, let's get, but seeing let's, it makes you feel. How many people do we see, Mark, that say they're not doing things because they don't know the long term outlook? And when right. they see it, we're like, "Wow, I could have been doing this," or "Wow, I didn't have to work as long." Or you know, you don't want to get to age eighty five, ninety, and say, "I should have, I would have, could have." Right. And it's very hard to, in your head, to project. 30 years of cash flow planning with a very complicated tax code. Right. All right. Um, Now, speaking of which, March Madness, right? All right. So so we we were talking about QCDs, our Q-tips, our qualified charitable distribution. And, you know, and a lot of our clients, you know, we had to get our clients to go to the QCDs when President Trump raised the standard deduction. Right. Okay. Because when the standard deduction back in 2017, that tax law, it pretty much doubled the standard deduction. Mm-hmm. And people could no longer now itemize. Right. Because they couldn't get over the standard deduction. So therefore, they were no longer getting any tax benefit for their charitable contributions. Right. Okay. So that that's the concept of, QCDs is is where if you're age 70, you can always go back and listen to the last mm-hmm. week's podcast show, right, and get all the details. But you have to be 70 and a half to be able to do a QCD. But it's the idea that you can take money directly from your IRA. In most cases, it's, we're talking about when your RMD kicks in. Right. And if you're sending that directly to your charity, you don't have to report it as taxable income. Mm-hmm. It's a wash. And so it's a way of getting your money out of your IRA or if you're saying, I don't really want my RMD, I don't need it, I don't want to pay taxes on it, I'll give it – I was planning on giving money to right. charity anyways. But if I take it out of the IRA and give it to charity, I don't get to deduct it, so I'll do the QCD. Right. I'll just send it directly to charity. And at least I can lower my adjusted gross income, which in, you know will lower my federal tax and also lower my Ohio tax because mm-hmm. Ohio starts with federal adjusted gross income. All right. That's the kind of the backdrop. So when that tax law came in, 
and 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 when the standard deduction went up, now I'm still I'm still you know learning people know what how much the standard deduction went up this last year, you know right. between 2023 and 2024 because the standard deduction increase is somewhat based on inflation. Right. So higher inflation means higher standard deduction going up. So for example, a single standard deduction for 2023 is 13,850. The single for 2024 is 14,600. Okay. But if you want to go to married filing jointly, both over age 65, because mm-hmm. at 65, you get another bump up. A lot right. of people don't know that. You right. Know? Um, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, the bump up this year is $1,550, right? So, uh, you know, that couple over 60, both over 65, their standard deduction for 2023 is 30,700. For 2024, it's 32,300. Wow. Okay. So uh, more and, 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 and so we've got, you know, and so the, the idea. So the QCD. Now, there's a lot of misconceptions about the QCDs that we went over on, and you can go back and listen to the podcast show. But the one that um, I want to say is that the, how the Secure Act has changed the QCDs. Okay. And this is specifically the Secure Act 2.0. Right? Remember, mm-hmm. Secure Act 1 was done in December of 2019, right before the pandemic shut down. And then Secure Act 2 was done at the end of 2022. Mm-hmm. And it's still being implemented. You know, it didn't all happen in one year. A lot of it happened in 2023. Some more is happening in 2024. All right. So one of the things is it, exp- you know, Secure Act 2 expanded the QCDs, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. So the one, I don't know, affects too many of our listeners or our clients because it's such a high cap anyways but there's a cap on how much qcd you can do in any one tax year it's mm-hmm. pretty high carry it's okay it's a hundred it's a hundred thousand so not many people right and and by the way married couple if you each could do a hundred thousand from your own iras if you wanted to right but also but what's the secure act the change they made is now they're going to increase that with an inflation factor so that hundred thousand is now going up and this is the first year 2024 it's now a hundred and five thousand so if you're at that level, <laughs> you can do uh, you can do a little bit more QCDs. Mm-hmm. Again, probably doesn't affect the people. This next one, I'm still uh, I don't know. I've had a few clients express interest in a carry, and this is the idea of and it, and it goes back to when the QCDs came in. We had a lot of clients who said, "Well, Mark, I have RMDs and I'd like to reduce my AGI." Um. I also have a donor advice fund that I've set up. So can I do a QCD and just put the money into my DAF? Okay. Huh. And you can't. I was going to say that sounds like double. Okay. You can't do that. Um, well, no, I, as I said, some, some of our clients thought you could do the QCD and deduct it on Schedule A. I no, said, no, no, you can't do that. No, no, no. Um, but, but a lot of them said, well, it's not really double benefit because – I, I'm not, you know, I'm not taking the deduction on right. Schedule A. I just want to take my QCD and put it in my DAF. But you are adjusting your adjusted growth. You're lowering well, your yeah, adjusted. Yeah, but why can't I put it into the DAF? And it's it's going to go to charity eventually. Right, but it has to be directly to the charity now. And that's probably the problem because you know, and and that's probably the the the, the getting into the weeds. But but there was a change that there is a change with the Secure Act too, and and. So beginning last year, 2023, taxpayers, you're able to make a one-time distribution from an IRA 
to one of what we call the split interest entities. Carrie, so these are the terms that you've heard before. You know, it could be to a charitable remainder annuity trust, or we call that a CRAT, mm-hmm. or a charitable remainder unit trust. We call that a CRUT or a charitable gift annuity. Okay. And it, it, the, the cap on that, that one time was set at $50,000. So in other words, you could say, I am going to take $50,000 out of my IRA. Now that, as long as you're over 70 and a half, you know, you still have to meet that rule. And maybe it does offset, maybe your required minimum is that high and, and you're going to offset that. Um, but the benefit here is that, yeah, it's going to a charity, but it's going to one of these that you get a little kickback. Right. And, and I can't get into, I don't have time to get into all right. the details of crats and cruts and charitable gift annuities. But the idea is some, you're going to get a benefit from that. Right. So you get to reduce your R&D. Future RMD because or this uh, year's okay. if your if your if your RMD is that se- high, but right okay, but not if you're seventy and a half anymore. N- right, I'm saying if you are at RMD, and okay, and let's say your RMD is a hundred thousand, right? Okay, you can offset fifty of it, right, and put into a crut, okay, okay, one time you only get to do it once in your lifetime, okay, okay, um, but it may be the time it may be worth looking. at. Now there's also an inflation factor on that fifty thousand. So I believe, Carrie, that that number for 2024 is actually 53,000. Okay. Um, but, but so, but double check with your CPI on that. But, but the, now you, now if you're going to do something like that, that is a, you need a very coordinated plan. You need to make sure you've dotted your I's, crossed your T's, get right. all the advisor because you don't want to not miss a step, right. not do something and it doesn't count. Right. You got to have your CPAs involved. You got to have your um, the legal involved, especially if you're doing with one of those trusts, right? Uh, uh, with a remainder unit trust or a remainder annuity right. trust, um, and, and in the gift annuity, the annuity company. You got to get everyone right. on base to make sure that you're doing it properly. And that's what we always say is that you know Congress makes it so com- uh, so complex. <laughs> Compliance is almost impossible, but it, getting the right people involved. You can get the right thing done, and that could be a, a nice little benefit. All right, here are the music. All period. right, call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.